Welcome, you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. It's Damien Nash, and welcome to Geekologist Radio 2.0. We are diving deep into Damien's adventures at PAX West. That's me. I had some adventures. It was a good time. And we also discuss what the hell is happening at the DC Universe. Can they ever get their bleep together? Wow, we're being we're being kosher this week. I'm excited. So, guys, each week, usually, it's me or it's Nick or it's the two of us together. So, right now, it's the two of us together. So, Nick, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Been trying to get everybody together to record. Um, yes. Been playing a lot, a lot of PUBG to the point where it's getting a little bit of a problem for me. Um, <laughs> a lot of PUBG. But what the bad thing about it is, too, is that I've been playing this. You hooked me onto this game from the beta. I know I did. I know I did. So I pick it up back in December. You know, I, have the, I bought the Xbox One X. I pick up PUBG back in December. And from that point to this point, I, I know I'm a better player. But then I watch other guys from uh, This Is Hot Drop Discord that I play with, uh, Matt Von Doom or Charlie or, you know, or even Kratos Reborn I was playing with this morning, kind of a new guy that's joined the things. And man, I just watch them shoot and I'm like, why, why do I potato everything? Why? It's so frustrating sometimes. I lost the match yesterday one-on-one because I had one guy and I tried to reload my gun as far as I just switching to my other gun. Ah, uh, it's so embarrassing when everybody's watching you and you just completely just lose everything right there. It's terrible, man. It's very terrible. Uh, what have you been up to besides, I know we're going to jump in the PAX West, but what has been going on with you, buddy? Ah, uh, geez. Family stuff, done. been taking care of, uh, got a kid that's doing, getting set up for running cross country. He just got his running shorts today and didn't realize how short running shorts were. So that they're, was kind of for cross country. Was, yeah, they're short. Yeah, he was like, um, "I need something to go with these because if I'm running, something's gonna fly out." <laughs> and I'm just like, so I showed I just showed him the meme of there was an Olympic runner that went running and yeah. didn't have compressor shorts. Yeah, and he's just flying in the wind. So I showed him that he was, "Yeah, that's totally gonna happen. If we don't do something about this." <laughs> the, so the NFL player at the NFL Combine two years ago. His compression shorts, that's all they wear. They actually don't put shorts yeah. over it because they're trying to get the best time. They actually ripped on camera and just meat went to the wind, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's basically what we were worried about. So I went out and I got him a pair of compression shorts. Oh, that's nice of you. But yeah, no, it's just been a lot of uh, lot of uh, stuff working on the house and things like that. In fact, right now I got three rooms without power. So I got to I gotta reach out to our buddy Jeff to see if I can go down and kidnap him for a day, bring him up here and then... See if I can use his electrician help on it. But uh, basically just been a lot of that. I've been uh, jumping in. I've played Destiny 2 Forsaken. I've played that. Uh, I have been a little bit a little bit vacant from the Sea of Thieves stuff. I'm waiting. Next week they come out with an expansion, which is going to be pretty substantial. It's an actual, it's the largest one yet, which is the, uh, uh, it's actually the, shoot, is it called the Forsaken Shores? Oh my god. Is it really? I, I think it is. The Forsaken Shores. <laughs> it's it's the... 
how many times can Forsaken be used for a video game or in a DLC? Yeah, it's Forsaken Shores. <laughs> <laughs> I just put two and two together. Oh my god, that's that, that's funny. Okay, that's well, funny. yeah. So yeah, so Forsaken Shores comes out, and that's going to be a big, big thing. Where I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. is talking about he wants to start up. Uh, he wants to stuff rowboat races and stuff on there because you're going to have to do a lot of work with the sticks and everything else with the rowboats. And then the fact that there's a whole new landmass, a new type of quest mode and everything else. So it's that's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Well, I might jump uh, back in there with a the new quest mode. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, yeah. And it's it's more of a, it, it's an interesting mode. It kind of reminds me a little bit of GTA with this new mode that's coming out where it's it's a, it's a mode of trying to drop off goods and stuff, but it's how you have to protect the goods and whatnot. Um, the other thing that's that's uh, what have been taking up some of my time is DayZ went into early access on yeah, Xbox. Yeah, a lot of and guys playing are playing it. that. Yeah, I'm playing it, but I have yet to find a home server because the servers I've played on, like I play on PC, and I love it where it's at on PC. Xbox X, yeah, they definitely got their work cut out for them at the moment. It's got some hiccups on there. I I did manage to get a couple guys to surrender because they had an axe and I had a gun. They didn't know my gun was empty, and I got them to surrender. I you know, and this is something that the things that they do have in there though is like so you have like you could have be in a group chat with your teammates or whatever, but in order to talk to everybody else, you would press down on the D pad and then you would talk to them. So you talk to everybody when you press down on the D pad. I wish they would put something like that into PUBG so you could do you know, your, your team chat and then talk to someone else you see just to trash talk. I, I feel like that something's coming. It needs to come. It granted on PC, like when you'd be inside, you know, you'd have someone run up to you and they'd start trash talking you when you're getting ready to talk to the game. That got a little annoying because you get some little kid doing it stuff, but the proximity chat is a hit or miss on any video game, dude. It's, it is. It, it is. doesn't matter where you go. There's trolls or you get some decent players that make you laugh. There's those videos out there from Daisy where the guy is always trolling people and asking them questions and stuff. Uh, there's a bunch of YouTube videos. I forget the guy's uh, name, but those are hilarious, man. I mean, oh, that's yeah. funny. So you could do I, it two different ways, you know, so. Yeah, and I try to do it more the the funny matter. However, if That's, I get you to surrender, yeah, I am going to make you eat fecal matter or Windex, and I am probably going to break your legs and let <laughs> and then trail zombies over to you. Jeez, dude! <laughs> I will laugh at you. I also strip you down naked. But first, you said he's going to have eat, eat fecal matter, then you're going to break his legs. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, because I'll tie him up, and it's <laughs> wait a minute, what's going on here, man? Have you been watching Castle Rock too? <laughs> oh, I, I know, but I, but you know, uh, I, I do what I got to do to keep myself safe because if not, they're going to come track me down. So a lot of guys from uh, this is hot drop, the Discord, I, I'll reference many times because it's such a great community over there. Dano and Cody have really brought in a lot of good guys for the PUBG pot side of things. Uh, a lot of guys have jumped in there and played Daisy, but I've seen them kind of play and then kind of eh, kind of mixed emotions about it and kind of jump back out of it again. So it, it is right now, man. I'm going to tell you yeah. that much. It's like I was a big fan of the PC game. I played it when it was in early access, like when it first came out. And if you know the whole history, we have Daisy to think for PUBG. Yes. But what's funny is is that it what it started from it started from there was Arma which everybody knows Arma is like this big military sim. And then uh, so Arma 3 gave birth to DayZ. DayZ gave birth to H1Z1, which gave birth to H1Z1, King of the Kill, which then more people left that and created Blue Hole or PUBG Corp. 
So that's kind of the history. Daisy is still, what's funny though also is Daisy is still in early access right now. PUBG is out, and PUBG's like its great great grandchild, and it's it finally left early access. Finally, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the Xbox but, side of things, on PC, it's been out of early access since last December. Yeah, so that's kind of where I've been. I've actually been playing, even picking up my Switch a little bit. I actually, you'd be happy. It's sitting in front of me, and it's actually been getting played in handheld mode i typically you know me i don't usually play it in handheld mode but i've had to go do some you know some errands with the kiddos and stuff like that and i needed something to keep me busy while i did that and had to wait and so i brought it with me and actually got some handheld mode going yeah it's perfect for doctor's appointments and all that stuff for your kids it's exactly what i was doing yeah so getting all in here so one of the things trying to talk into promotionary talk and whatnot i have a link and excuse me, it go, it's a link that you can click on. We have it on the Facebook page. I will share the link also when the episode goes live. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, good friend of ours, N64 Josh. You'll know him from the Nintendo Powercast. Not the Nintendo Powercast, but Nintendo Powercast. Nintendo Powercast is the fan-based Nintendo podcast that he runs. He runs a lot of other ones. In fact, he is basing a podcast that will be based off of Q&A. That is going to be based off his book that he just came out with, which is how basically it's the how-to guide to podcast. And I have a link. The book is really good. I've read. I have read the book. I am now going to actually myself. I'm going to purchase the audiobook and listen to that because the audiobook, the deluxe edition, gives you the digital copy of the book, and then gives you the not only that, but it gives you the audiobook and it gives you what's called he calls his dlc which you get some of these other podcasters that have gone from small to large podcast groups and they're giving you their hints and tips as well and so if you're looking at ways to try to grow a community this is a great starting point we uh started out geekologist radio started out from the brainchild of brandon fountain and i and went forth with chris cajun uh mike a bunch of guys got together. We kind of came together with what it was originally. And that birthed from his guide to streaming that he put produced. And I bought or got as a birthday present one year. Or excuse me, Christmas. And then I got the audiobook. And it's he's honest. He's telling us, you know, there's going to be times where, I mean, it's going to be blood, sweat, and tears. If you try to put in the time into something, you try to put in the time to anything, you got to understand... The big thing is is really trying to find a balance in it. Uh, I personally have been at a point where, like, some of the times where we had to take some time off, I had to look after family issues. I personally have focused so much time trying to create something that sometimes, well, not even sometimes, most of the time in my past, uh, for the past couple of years that I've been doing this, I actually neglected family life for chasing this i'm cha- we've been working nick and i have been working at trying to change things up sorry we're getting a little bit deep here but uh nick and i are working on changing things up we're going to actually run with the fact of it being a radio show and what you're going to get basically is geekologist radio weekly uh is going to be your weekly pop culture kind of uh jamboree you're going to have a bunch of different mixed up stuff in it but there's going to be other shows that are going to come on and you this might be a sports show 
might be blazer specific, but you know, we're going to have different shows come on and it's going to be like, you may have shows that are Xbox specific. And we, what we're kind of looking at trying to do here is, is maybe once a month, have an Xbox specific show, have a PlayStation specific show and try to do something where we take a lot of the stuff that we may have only spent a little bit of time talking about and expand on it. And being if we put target these shows for like an uh, towards the end of the month kind of period, it allows us to have a little more time to talk about those and have some more experiences in those, in, you know, with other stories that have come out, reviews or our own personal reviews. And that's something that we kind of want to do because we want to make sure that we're that we're putting out content and some of us have varying times if we want to put out, we want to record something that we didn't get a chance to talk about. And we got, you know, Hey, we got some time where the family's out doing something and we want to put out something. We have time to go do that. And this way we're going to continually have content for you guys. And we won't be getting these, these spaces where, life happens and we're not able to be at the show not being able to all get together and record at the same time that's why a couple of weeks ago i just put out you know a little mini episode of just shows that i have not been able to talk about for one nobody else has maybe watching them so i just want to give a quick recap on on shows that i wanted so like i did a 30 minutes episode of just a lot of cobra kai in there you know a lot of ray donovan but not a lot of ever people have watched that show that is on this podcast so i have started ray donovan but i've only like five episodes in yeah, but you're supposed to finish Ray, Cobra Kai like a long time ago. So I know Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's so that's, good, that, dude. You're slacking, I, man. It's like a hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. I actually, to be honest, my I have not watched really any TV until I got a couple episodes. I got a movie in that you you recommended, which was Revenge. I did get to finally watch that. But like for TV wise, I haven't. I have not been up on anything. It's Wait a minute, actually, have you not watched Upgrade yet? Okay, I did. I know upgrade. I watched upgrade. Okay, I was about to say, what's wrong? That upgrade is no, 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 amazing. No, no we, we actually talked about upgrade that I watched that. So that I oh, did. you watched that a long time ago. I just watched it. That's what it is. That's what it is. So I rec- I recommend upgrade now. <laughs> so basically, check out. You'll check out the link. Uh, for Josh's book on there. You can get it in digital or did it in uh, audio format, like podcast format. Excellent, excellent. A source of information if you're trying to get it started into content creation and also you can check us out on uh, uh <laughs> on ninjapancake.com that is where you can find us you can also if you go and you look under the stream for ninja pancake ninja pancake puts up all their podcasts into one place where you can find episodes loaded up there and we're actually within them as well be sure if you guys can like us if you're on face or if you're on if you find us on iTunes, like us, give us a, a rating. We will talk to you about the rating and stuff. We will mention you out, and then you'll go of course Facebook. Anytime you mention stuff on Facebook and we talk about it, we're gonna throw your uh, your comments in here because that's just the way we do things. Now let's get Nick. No, go ahead. I was gonna oh. say I was just gonna was reiterate. Yes, Facebook yes. comments are are appreciated. <laughs> Now, we're going to get into a little thing we like to call Game Chat. PUBG on Xbox 1.0. I did it. I don't think the van has been given away yet. I want that van so bad. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think so either, man. I kind of lost track of what was going on with the, with the van on everything like that. So, I'll just run through this real quick. Uh, 
for a lot of people, I've mentioned this many times, if you want a detailed breakdown of PUBG, if you're like me and you're obsessed with this game or you really enjoy this game, this is Hot Drop as the podcast. They will give you an extremely detailed version of this game. I can't do it better than those guys over there. So... 1.0 has finally been released on Xbox. It's past release date now. And so the main things are is we get a new mini-map at Sandhawk. And another thing is they give you is they give you an option to select if you want to play two of the larger maps or if you just want to play Sandhawk uh, alone. Just just exclusively play Sandhawk, which is the good thing to do for the fact that Sandhawk plays a lot faster. Uh, not only that, but the map provides you with tons of weapons, tons of ammo, attachments are a little bit harder to find on the map but it plays so much more uh it's such a smoother playable map and it just goes so much quicker i enjoy the wins on this map a lot more uh again if you're playing PUBG, you know miramar is a big giant piece of crap and the best thing they did with there is give us a marado so you can actually fly down the highway that's the only thing fun about it i can't stand that map anymore next is that there is coming out with the winter snow map that's coming out later this year there has been uh, leaked photos of it. I found them on Reddit. They were posted on another Discord for Hot Drop. And that map is going to be a little bit bigger than Sandhawk, but it's smaller than Aragal and Miramar. So I'm really looking forward to uh, that map too to give us a little bit of a balance in this game. Four maps is good. You need a, you need a little rotation. Um, I still don't mind playing Aragal. It's still a good map. Um, the weather in Sandhawk does have... Uh, dynamic weather they call it so if you land in the Sayhawk and you see like an overcast during the overcast in the game you could have lightning thunder rain uh, the fog can get in heavy and the fog is actually really fun because it really does give you an extra cover all these things are great the rain and lightning can be uh, since it's sound proximity and you need that sound to be able to hear where the other players are at it can be a little deafening, especially if you're in like in the top 10 and it starts raining on you. It, it can be a little much, but I really like it and enjoy it. The red zones are smaller shoulder and, and lasting on Sandhawk. Um, the red zones are not really, you have to worry about them too much. Um, they did raise the fact that they, you can be killed by them a little bit more. And I've noticed on Miramar, I get killed by them more than any other map. The center of the red zone appears outside the play zone, the white circle. This means players are more at risk when outside the play zone. So it try to catches people from moving in from the from outside the white circle into the white circle, which gives you an extra tactic where you actually might have to run around the red circle and put you into a bad position. Um, they got a spawn balance in there. Uh, the new DMR, uh, the QBZ, and the QBU. The QBZ is an AR that uses 5.56, 30-round mags, but you can extend it to 40-round mags. I kind of enjoy the gun. It's up, it's good up close with a red dot on it. Um, I don't know if Damien, if you've picked up either one of these weapons yet. Uh, the QB. I don't. I'm not sure if I have. Like the thing I, I, I one gun that I did pick up is I picked up the. Uh, okay, it's the. It's one of the new submachine guns, and it looks, kind of reminds me of the uh, Spider from Goldeneye. Huh, okay, I think you're talking about the QBZ, but that's an AR. Though. Okay. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I, it kind of gives you the oh. uh, yeah, effect of a submachine gun. It kind of looks like it, but I see what you're okay. saying as a spider. The QBU, if you get a chance to play on Sandhawk and you get the QBU, definitely pick it up. I, I think it's almost like a must pick up for me now for a sniper. The okay. only problem with the snipers on this map is that when the circle gets tight, it's um, they're almost... They're not useless, but it, it kind of... When the circle gets tight and that map is so small... It, I'd rather just have two an AR and a submachine gun on me. 
Okay. You know, like an AKM and a, 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 an UMP. The UMP on there, it's still my favorite weapon. And since they changed the UMP, it's great. Also on, on uh, Sandhawk, they give you the Ronnie, which is a little pickup truck. Very good stability on that truck. I really like driving it. I it's, like that pickup truck. I good. ran over to that thing, and that was my first vehicle I got in. And you know me on PUBG. You know me. I'm like the wheel man. You know, I, you get a you get a vehicle with me. So for that one time, were you in the car? Was it you in the car with me? You've killed me. Yes. Yeah, I hit a bump. But that was when it was. That was when it was. You know, it was bougie. It was just. It was wrong. It was. It, it, it was it, when it, Miramar first came out. Right thing. Yeah. I killed Jacob. I killed you too. I killed the whole squad one time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a rock. It was a little tiny rock. <laughs> Yeah, I did. That's I gotten better, by the way. It had no, it has. I understand. The it. driving's like, gotten better a little bit, but still on Miramar, it's still a pain in the ass, man. It just, it see, just is. I still like Miramar though. Like I know, dude. I've just put in so many hours in this game that the other two maps play so easier. They just they flow better, and Miramar sometimes can just be a pain just to make it to the circle. It's so far know. away. The terrain is so bad. You can't drive straight across it. It, it it's really hard sometimes, man. So the game could be frustrating. Plus, in Miramar, there's the terrain is so rough. You could be running, and the guy could just be over the next little peak, and you, he's just sitting there, and you can run right past him, and he could just shoot you in the back. You know, it's yeah. But it, see, yeah. See, I'll just still gonna tell you because Miramar, that's the de- that's the desert one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite map. I, a lot of people like it. I'm 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 just not one of them. Uh, I because my my main reason is because because there's a lot. It makes you have to do a lot more foot traffic than the vehicles. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, I usually jump centralized in there. So there's, there's a place called San Martina, which a lot of times the circles hit right in there. And I definitely try to land there a lot because I don't want to spend the time trying to chase everything, you know, to chase it all yeah. down. Um, so, you know, weather dynamic, the new map, new guns, new vehicles are in there. PC has a scooter on Sandhook. We haven't had that yet, yep. which I want to play the little scooter, the little Vespa. Uh, Xbox version still has the, uh, the, the tricycle and the motorcycle. Um, the other thing is the event pass on Sandhook. I actually bought it. Thank you. I was just going to say Yeah, I actually you. bought it for 10 bucks the other day. This week, I actually bought it, and I'm at level 10 now. And I've actually, it's kind of, I enjoy the game anyways, but it gave me something else to try to do during the game, like pop 20 tires on a vehicle. Like So I'd go to Miramar, yep. and I'd try to get tires popped or get a grenade kill. You need that one grenade frag kill or two kills with one frag. There's some of them in there that's in the event pass. Uh a couple players are reading them off to me. One is Matt Von Doom, and he's like at he's ahead of me. He's like level fourteen on the pass. He's like re, he read it to me. It's impossible. One match you have to do like ten different things. It's, it's it's completely impossible. So at some point it gets to a point where you're just like, okay, I can't do it anymore. It's just ridiculous now. But, can you skip? Can you skip things, or do you have to get? Do you have to do them in order? No. So they have the daily. Then you have your normal. Then you have your Sandhawk Pacific, and then you have your week one through week four. So you have all those that unlock as you go. So the daily always is kind of easy. The daily is like play for an hour, you know, get top 10 solos or something like that. Just something very similar or easy and and common, you know. Uh, Some of the other normal ones can be very difficult. I have one right now where I got to refill a vehicle 25 times. I've refueled a vehicle like twice my whole time playing the game. I never refueled a vehicle, so... Now, See, I, I used to refuel a lot, but that, again, again, that goes back to the point that the vehicle was my main weapon in the game. Now, it, dude, vehicles are terrible now because now anytime you somebody's driving by, everybody unloads on vehicles now. They're not scared of them anymore. They'll get it behind and they'll unload on you to the point where you'll pop a tire, you'll have to pull over, and they'll just squad wipe you, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The vehicles no, it, are terrible. 
vehicles now in that game remind me of playing paintball and when they had the tank come and everybody would turn and just it didn't yeah. matter if you were against each other everybody turned and shot the tank yeah absolutely so 1.0 has been released on PUBG, and if you want further information i told you where to go go check it out um i've enjoyed it and i still will enjoy it and we're going to talk about something later that might end up replacing it uh, i and i'm fully with you on that now Something that I wanted to, that I'm gonna, that I'm envious of you about, because I don't have a PlayStation Four, and I'm envious of a lot of you guys out there that have PlayStation Fours, and I know I don't have one. Spider Man, how is it? Spider Man, it looks amazing. Spider Man, radioactive Spider Man. I have to sing that to my kid all the time, so he's always singing <laughs> that to me. So it's stuck in my head now. So I'm like 25 percent into the game, and I should be a lot farther in the game. But again, but PUBG. <laughs> the event pass came out like at the same time i kind of got hooked onto that i i am definitely switching back and forth you know you have your playlist you have your you yeah know, oh yeah you know and another beta just came out that's definitely in my playlist now so i'm, I'm definitely rotating here spider-man so far the way you fly and you and you flow through the city is the best thing that i've seen ever in an open world video game almost like grand theft auto 5 where you can drive through fly through and everything the way i can move from one part of the city to new york city to the other part by slinging my web they, they also have like one where you can just shoot the web straight and it pulls you forward jump over buildings run up the side of a building it flows so well so well it's almost like assassin's creed try to try type of movement you know where, now, did you ever play sunset overdrive Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Long time ago, yeah. Spider-Man so far, and if you look at the reviews all across the board, it's getting like 8 out of 10, 80% on Metacritic, all that stuff. So far, Spider-Man has been really flawless for me. There is some of those things in the New York City where it's those open world things where like, hey, go find the backpack. Hey, go save the guy in the car. That obviously, if you play for a while, can get tiresome. So have you... Gone out and looked at the boat people. The boat people? I've been on the yeah. I've been on the docks. So if you go out and swing out and you get out to like the edge of the world, and you see the people that are on the boats, the rendering of them. Okay. They are the most, like they're not even Nintendo sixty four. Oh really? Huh. They are like they have they have high def textures, but their polygon count is something you would have seen on like an FX chip Super Nintendo game. Or like, or like PUBG like, on Miramar. Like, like Star Fox. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. No, I have not uh, experienced that yet. No. Yeah, go out there. Go out there. Go into Photoshop or photo mode and take a picture. It's actually pretty hilarious. A little little frightening at some points in some of the, p- the pictures that people have gotten. But I laughed at it when I saw them. I'm like, really? I go, <laughs> it, it, you know, everything else is so beautifully rendered. I get it. It's from a distance. They don't expect you to really go out there. But come on, guys. Open world game. You know that we're going to go out there. So I'm going to do a more in-depth review of this game when I actually finish beating it, which is going to take okay. me some time. You know, I'm not, you, oh, yeah. you know, and also like to get Chris in here. Chris is like 50% of the campaign done. Now I'll say this. I ga- did. Yeah. No, I thought he just, compl- I thought he just completed. Dude, how did he credit? already complete that? Holy smokes. Maybe, maybe he did it. Maybe he did it. Uh, I he know said he was guys- 50% done on the campaign. Okay. Good Lord. I know Mulehorn. I know the Mulehorn guys. They just 100%ed it. Both. both- Jeez. Both Mulehorn uh, from Analog Assault and uh, Thaddeus, both of those guys have 100% of the game. So far, everybody I've talked to about this game, Damien, have all been like, 
Dude, it's fantastic. I mean, when you jump off a building, even like the Empire State Building, and you fly through in between two buildings and your web comes out the last second, and it's like your feet are dragging on top of the cars or the trees, you know? It's so beautiful. Then you launch yourself in the air, you do some, you know, air assault moves, you know, like somersaults and backflips, and then you swing again. It it feels like you're flying, and it's such a good cool mechanic remember when superman came out was it like xbox 360 oh god don't even say superman. superman but when oh you're god, but superman when you're sucked. when you first got it wasn't the it wasn't the gameplay but it was the flying through the city part where you're like okay this is the coolest part of this game is that free flow flying and then you could just okay. launch yourself up straight in the sky too there was something cool about that for that game that this game takes to just a whole nother level now I will, like I said, I'll go in more depth about it. So far, so good. Uh, the first, the first mission is against Kingpin, and you you get just shot right into the game. You're like, oh man, this is how we're doing it, huh? There is again, collecting the stuff throughout the city and the wave base assaults can probably, if I play all day every day, would get tiresome. Um, all that stuff gets tiresome to me. Now, the only thing I want to talk about on uh, Spider-Man past this is the controversy between Spider-Man and him being a detective. There's been several articles that are written out there that say that this game has lost the aspect of what the view of police are and the view of New York police are compared to what they are in this video game where Spider-Man is Spider-Man, but he's actually playing a detective. He actually does a lot of detective work. He works with the police hand, you know, hand in hand. Um, they don't go after him. He's like another police officer in a suit, basically. There has been a ton of articles, especially from The Ringer, which is a sports sports website that i i follow all the time and they write a really good comprehensive uh, article about how spider-man and isomniac the people that created spider-man is out of touch of what people view police officers now now this article goes real in depth and i'm not going to go that all i want to say to anybody that's looking at this game for a political standpoint or like a civil rights standpoint i understand that this is a this is a video game guys it's spider-man it's it's he's a superhero he's a he was a teenager who worked at the daily bugle and took photos of himself and sold them i mean he does mention some civil rights stuff in the game and fairness and everything and but spider-man's always on the side of fairness so i i just hate that they're trying to make more out of this game than when asomniac was even trying to put into it of course they're going to make a game where the police and spider-man work hand in hand together Uh, why would they do it any differently i just don't understand so if anybody wants to take a look at it, go to the Ringer website. Take a look at the article written by uh, Justin Charity. It's it's a well-written article. I, I get his point, but it's a superhero video game. I just don't know what people want sometimes out of a video game. Or, you know, they want basketball players not to speak out or football players not to speak out. But now they want our superheroes to speak out. Like, I just don't get it, man. I really don't. All right, that's all I have to say about that, though. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where I've I've seen it too. I've seen some of the articles and stuff out there, and it's it is you know, you, you want you want yeah you just want people to enjoy a game for being a game. It's and actually somebody brought that up to me about PUBG to Res. He brought that up to me. He said that he thought people weren't enjoying the game as the game for PUBG, and more were getting very hyped if 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 they didn't win or you know getting angry at other players if they didn't win and weren't enjoying themselves as much which is that maybe you're playing it too much or something like that because i constantly enjoy myself i just hate it when i potato at the end and everybody's watching me you know 
<laughs> yeah. So what, something that's kind of like that. I mean, but you got to think about it. This is where this is where I throw it at you. At a lot of people is I'm like, remember your Nintendo sixty four days, guys. Remember Goldeneye. Okay. It was we had a series of maps. We didn't have any DLC. We played that game, and then we may have died. We may have got angry at stuff, but we picked it back up and we played it again. We played the same thing over and over again. Sometimes we came up with our own game modes between friends that you know was something that now we get to you know just get in games as is and we take it for granted but that's again in games we take a lot for granted these days and people need to need to stop taking that as a thing because it's like we have games that really allow you to experience a world outside of yourself it allows you to take basically a vacation for a few hours at a time absolutely and Get outside of yourself, and there's nothing Remember wrong. With, that. There's nothing wrong with just going, "Hey, I'm just gonna tone tune out for a second, and I'm just gonna put on my headphones, and I'm just gonna run some Spider-Man." You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. But it seems like nowadays everybody wants something on from their perspective or their views of what's going on in the world right now, and everything that's pop culture and everything they're they're digging into. And if they dug into Spider-Man and they're like, "Hey, I'm playing this, but it's not giving me my political views I wanted." Well, when it's Spider-Man is a video game. Yeah. Yeah, I know, man. I know, man. It's 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 a tough, tough place to be in. But one thing that's not necessarily a tough place, but it could be a tough place for PUBG. Segway. Look at Segway, this. Segway, yes, yeah. So it could be it could be a tough place for PUBG is and this has been talked about. This has been talked about extensively, right? Yes. Is that we have talked about the factor of what's going to happen when a triple A title when AAA developers come into the, the ballpark of, well, Battle Royale. Battle Royale, man. Because we know, we, we haven't got a chance to play it. The beta is not out right now. It's just multiplayer beta for Battlefield. Uh, and so we've been playing the, that. Battlefield got pushed back, actually, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I feel, though, that it got pushed back because they need to work on... they they I think that they saw something... And we're like, we need to work more on ours because, oh shit. And because because this is such a big deal in what people are seeking. And this is just the thing is, is that I'm talking, and this is something that I'm talking about Sony. Sony had a game that I, one of the reasons why I originally wanted a PS3. It was called uh, Mag. And you would play in this game with like 275 players. That is Battle Royale. 275 players. This was not, but granted, granted, okay. I used to I'll play that it. game. That's so good. I'll get man. it. Yeah. 275 players, Battle Royale is supposed to be everybody versus everybody or small teams. And that was not small teams. However, it kind of felt like that because you would have two teams and you'd have your squad. And your squad would live or die by the fact of communication in this because you have bullets flying from absolutely everywhere. Mag was the tough, vehicle, man. Mag was the, like, that was arena gameplay i miss that game so much i still have the disc and i look at it every now and then i'm like uh sad i wonder why they didn't come out with like a mag 2 on like an xbox one x with you know uh, the higher performance machine that with 275 i don't know man that, that that's the thing is that's where it's like i keep hearing these things people say battle royale but it's team based or things like that i'm like if it's battle royale and it's team based guys that's not battle royale 
I'm going to tell you this. You can say Battle Royale team base. I'm sorry. That is just called Battle Mode. PCs have been doing it forever with these high numbers of players. Battlefield has always been a high number player when it came to the PC. Console, maybe not so much. It's been 60 players, you know, 30 on each side. That's been for Battlefield, you know. But the thing is, is that, but this Battle Royale mode has been, you know, it is different where you don't come in with loadouts. You come in and you pick up guns, things like that. Yeah. Now, what I was segueing into was the fact is that AAA companies are coming out with their versions. And that is Black Ops. We know that this year Black Ops is not getting a, there's no campaign. It's all multiplayer. Yes. Some people are like, ah, I need my campaign. And I get that. But me being a guy that's a multiplayer, a multiplayer guy, a multiplayer guy, typically only, I prefer that. And I've been a little bit like last year's Call of Duty was great, but I didn't get any of the expansions for the multiplayer because I actually, I liked the campaign. The multiplayer was all right, but it wasn't, it didn't pull me in like I originally thought it would. Like it did for, for a little bit. And then I was kind of like, yeah, I'm done. Well, the multiplayer usually for Black o- or for, sorry for Call of Duty DLCs usually grab me, and it's like the first one because I'm still hyped about the game. Yeah, and I like the new maps, but usually the last two has been the zombie mode maps. Now, at the first grab of Call of Duty World War, we liked the zombie modes. We were playing yeah. it, we liked yeah. it, but then there was something about it just didn't grab me as much as the last couple ones. So I just wasn't really into grabbing the DLC. Plus, the DLC dropped right around when PUBG dropped on Xbox. And exactly. that's what happened, is that PUBG grabbed me. And since then, you know, I've stopped and played Far Cry 5. I, I beat God of War this year. But other than that, it's been PUBG, you know, probably 80% of my time, my gaming time, you know. Yeah. So they come out, and they put out, Black Ops puts out their version of Battle Royale. And I've only had a chance to play a little bit of this, okay? But because I don't have a PlayStation, so I had to go over and find someone who actually had one. Had to go neighbors. But oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I got a couple hours into it today. I probably almost got three hours into it today. And I played with uh, a bunch of guys from. Did you play on X? Are you playing on Xbox? Yeah, or? playing on Xbox. Yeah. Okay. See. PlayStation's had it out for a little while because they got it first. They have and the so, exclusive now. Yeah, yeah so I went over. Yeah. I went over to the na- my neighbors and I got a chance to play it over there. And I just got it today, man. So that's why yeah, I've only had some our eyes. Like I, I'm like like my eyes like about popped on my head. I'm like this is what I wanted. Like this is what I've been waiting for for Call of Duty to do. And I'm like yes, I'm like yes, this feels good. This is a Call of Duty I'll actually play. I'll actually put some time into again. So the first thing I noticed on this map, though, is that it's a smaller map, almost kind of like the size of Sandhawk on PUBG. But also, there's several different terrains throughout that map. It's not just like Aaron Gall's all green and it's kind of hilly, and maybe there's a couple different. There's like a couple different big mountains. Miramar has you know the rough terrain. Sandhawk's kind of one type of terrain too. This one had different types of terrain all throughout the map, which I really, I right away, I was like, oh, look at over here. It's one color. Over here, it's another color. They're all different. But you notice those are different multiplayer maps. Into the Battle Royale thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, you have like, you have. Nuketown. New Nuketown, which I landed in, and I didn't care for it because I barely had any loot for me to pick up. (laughs) But also, one of the favorite spots that uh, Gunslinger, me and Gunslinger are playing a lot today, then Ray and a couple other guys, uh, was the construction site. Multiple floors. 
Always love that. Parking garage with multiple floors and the construction site with multiple floors. But also on each side of the, uh, the construction site was these elevators that you can click and go to the top floor in or jump off anywhere you want. So guys, really, if you think you're safe up there, all of a sudden guys come out of everywhere, man. There was, there was uh, scaffolding on one side with the ladders you can climb to the top. I love the multi uh, items to be able to get to the top floor. You don't feel safe anywhere. It's a definitely, uh, especially on a construction site, it's a definitely have to keep moving type of thing, you know. Yeah. And th that's great is that the circle is coming in Battle Royale. We all know, understand how Battle Royale works now. But in Call of Duty so far today is that you definitely had to keep moving, even in the area that you're at. You have to keep moving. Another thing, too, is that parachuting in on uh, the beta so far, you can't tell who's really landing with you. Until the very end, you might see some people, but you don't have an opportunity to turn your neck and look behind you or kind of twist around. You just don't have that opportunity. You, if you have to jump very quickly, it's not a soft parachute land. As soon as your parachute, you know, deploys, it is very quick to the ground and it's get a gun, get a gun, get a gun. It, it was very fast paced just from the plane to the ground, which I liked. Also, let me just talk about the beginning of uh, starting this game up. And the beta thing. We were trying to get multiple friends into one lobby. Dude, that was a pain in the ass, man. That took us a while. We just kept on getting kicked and kicked and kicked. That took us a while, so we went to duels. And that took us a second, too. Then we finally got duels working. Then we brought in a third person. Then we got a fourth person. And that finally started working. I understand it's a beta, but... Man, that was that was a, a pain. It was rough. It was, it was rough. like the first hour of really pain in the ass, dude. I was playing with randoms for a while just to get some the feel of the game Get some time in yeah so the first the first thing when i landed as i noticed that it's a lot like PUBG, like we're talking about you can get a backpack you can get level one to level three armor which which is cool is that the level three uh level one to level three armor is the vest and the helmet all in one you don't have to find two separate things yeah. uh, which i actually liked you get different guns there's gun attachments quick draw mags extended mags that you can add to your gun and you actually can go into your menu and swap them out if you need to now they uh the menu c could be a little bit easier to work through and figure out. I mean, it took me a second. I was helping people out with it because you got to hold X and I have to let the circle like drop it. Well, you can't stop moving. So if you really want to switch out a scope, forget it. Just, just move on with your life, you know? Health was easy to pick up and health was easy to regenerate. On Xbox, it's just LB. That was that worked flawlessly. Grenades are RB. Um, they had a couple different types of traps that go in your grenade slot that i enjoyed one of them is called a barbed wire trip line and so i was inside of a house and we knew guys were coming out and i dropped it on top of the stairs so they couldn't rush us up that way i've seen a lot of people do that now that there, that there was a window behind us me. the guy climbed up and killed us both but anyways it was really cool that i dropped it right there that stuff reminds me of rainbow six uh, okay like when you're playing so i never played uh, rainbow six so is that something they have in that game oh man okay so Rainbow Six has been out for a while, man. But it, Siege, if you, yeah. If, if you were to pick up Rainbow Six Siege, it's on its third, it's year three right now. You would be able to get in there and you would find some stuff that you would really actually uh, enjoy. And uh, and I, I like I'm gonna tell you this much: you got in there, it would, uh, it might be something you get hooked on, and you can get it, pick it up for dirt, dirt cheap. Wait, wait for some Christmas sales. I see a lot of guys playing it, yeah. Yeah, and I I haven't the reason why I used to be really good, really big, and really good into it, uh, or good at it. I was gonna, I, say, I was just gonna yeah. call you out for that. Yeah, <laughs> but I I haven't played it in a while, and be, since I haven't played it, I haven't played it mainly because I lost my team. So if I could build up a new team, definitely I'd get back in and play. Yeah, I might pick it up this year, but 
between co- there's Black a lot, Ops there's a lot and PUBG, stuff. yeah. Uh, and, and Red Dead. And Red Dead coming out. Yes. A couple more things about Black Ops, the beta mode, that I, I experienced is, uh, again, the game flow was fast, which I enjoyed. Uh, driving the vehicles, I think you did some of that too. It's terrible. Um, and there's just really bad. I actually ran over my okay. own teammate because I couldn't figure out how to stop. Getting on and off the vehicle is terrible. Vehicle gameplay or, or tri- feels like uh, if you ever played Far Cry Predator or Fire Cry, you know, Far Cry Instincts or Primal or something like that. Pri- yeah, Primal. If you played those, that's what the vehicle driving feels like. Okay, it looks cool, but does not transition to we didn't how it find feels. it we found ourselves not really needing a vehicle at, because the map is so small as long as you move at the right time um and you're conscious about your timer and and where the blue is coming in at uh you'll be okay it's a pretty small map so it's okay and then what have you and this is something that other people have said is instead of they're what people are curious about to see how the company's going to go about it if they're going to wind up if they're going to change out segments of the map and pop in other maps from other games. Kind of like what other, uh, Fortnite what, does. What Fortnite does. If they're going to do that and keep with one centralized map, or if they're going to actually give us whole new maps. I'm curious about that. Call of Duty has always been a, uh, a game that gives you different maps. Which uh, each DLC and stuff. Yeah, so. so maybe each DLC will give you a new Battle Royale map, plus multiplayer with maps, extra, or zombie yeah, maps. extra dead, yeah. One thing I want to mention, though, dude, and I don't know if you caught this, but there's these big blue lights that shoot out in the Battle Royale map. And I'm like, what are yep. these? What are these? So we land at the Asylum. The blue light is kind of like the red zone in PUBG. It's zombies. All of a sudden, yeah. zombies were coming out and attacking me, and I didn't realize that. I actually have not read too much about this game before it came out. I was kind oh, of see. Worse. I knew about the zombie mode. I knew about the zombies. I, I, dude, it was awesome. All of a sudden, I turned around and he's like, uh, "Gunslinger was like zombies, zombies." I was like, "Damn, that was cool. That's a cool way to make it a little bit more difficult if you want to land into a hot spot to get you more can, gear. You can also get gear that allows you to call the zombies." Yes, you there's can set these, up a booby trap. There the is little, these, the little monkeys. Oh yeah, the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. I did pick one of those up. But also in this game, there's these little suitcases that can help you out in the battle royale mode, and you can activate them, and they have a time runner for how long they activate. One of them is like highlights uh, loot better for you. Highlights in white, and you can see it through walls. Another one is like highlights your teammates for you in blue, so you can see them and see them better where they're at too, so you're not too far away from them. There are several of these different things. I haven't gone through them all. Um, but I like the addition of those. Oh, also, I just have to add this in there. There's a grappling hook, and it works, and I it's know. fun. I shot up onto the uh, 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 Ray, and shot somebody, knocked them on top of the roof. I grappling hooked myself up on the roof and finished them off, dude. Was... The grappling hook feels a lot like the one from Black Ops. Uh, was it Was it Black Ops or was it Black Ops? It was, no, it wasn't. It was Black Ops 3. Black Ops 3, yeah. Black Ops 3 had a grappling hook. Black Ops 3, hook. the grappling hook. It feels like that. I just wanted good. to be Batman, dude. That's all I want to be. Yeah, you know, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, I mean, you could be, you could be Batman. You know, we <laughs> never Batman. know without without how they are. Uh, so stopping out of Black Ops, guys. You know, we're going to talk more about this uh, as Nikki gets more time in it. I probably won't get much more time in it. I'm just going to wait for the game itself to drop and I'll jump in. Uh, usually, I'm up. To, I keep up to date on games that I've, I've been going after, but there's a couple games. Black Ops 4 is a game that I've been trying to kind of go into dark. And I usually don't do this. I'm doing it I too, usually yeah. am I usually am all over it. But I want to go into this game dark because it's a multiplayer-based only game. 
that's something that really, really speaks to me. And I want to just try it out. I want to be able to immerse myself into that and get the, I want to stream it when I would play it. I'd love to stream at the same time you do. Yeah, we should like do play, that. Have us play, have us play together and just be able to get the wow factor kind of going at the same time. Um, so next up, I want to talk just a little bit about Destiny 2 Forsaken before we get into some of our other stuff because we're all running a little bit long on the game chat stuff. And then we're going to go more into game chat <laughs> with some pack stuff. But uh, Destiny 2 Forsaken is out. I am... I, I'm. I'm I'm a guardian again, guys. I am back in to Destiny. It's uh, they. I'm I'm impressed. I'm gonna say I'm impressed by Bungie. They took something. They 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 basically they fixed the game. I didn't think they could do it. I did not think that they could do it. I thought that Destiny Two was done for me basically, but they fixed it they took the game they added the stuff that was great from destiny one that they had this perfect like setup and they created they they, they're bringing back that want to play like oh my god i gotta play i gotta earn this because it it takes time to earn things or i gotta get that perfect role in this gun i got this gun i love but it's not the perfect role and it's back and i got a gun that doesn't do so much damage but because of my role and the role that i was able to upgrade it to um, the reload speed and everything, I'll take you down. I'll take you down because like you can't, you keep getting knocked out of being able to snipe me. It shoots so fast, it's like a laser. I mean, I have this this gun that is just, it's the Misfit, and the Misfit is my baby. I love the Misfit. I have that gun. You have the Misfit? And, yeah. And you do- I do. Huh. I have it. I I was playing. I was. I use that mostly for multiplayer and D two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not exclusive to you, Damien. Other people can have the gun too, buddy. Well, I didn't know you were playing Forsaken. <laughs> no, I I had it before Forsaken. Oh, this yeah, this is a the Forsaken version. Oh, for, oh, so is it a little bit different or reload mm-hmm. speed or something like that? Because uh, the mis- the misfit in the multiplayer it takes forever to reload. Oh no, it's like uh, I I also have it set to where my my perk is it automatically or it's super fast for reload. Okay, yeah. on it. Now I also have been running around like Cade Six. And being a gunslinger where I've been having... Because I'm trying to unlock his gun. Yeah, is one thing. But also, I've been running. I have... The game allows you to have pretty much any gun in any slot. But you have... But certain guns only go in certain slots. And so I have guns that are similar to each other. That in looks and, and... And most of the stats are similar. But they may, they have some little differences. So I've been dual wielding pistols. Nice. Going in, okay. going in with, with, with hand cannons. But what's nice is the perks I rolled on my hand cannons, I'm rolling in, I have auto holster. So when I holster that gun, I have to just, as soon as I holster it, it basically refills the uh, the whole entire magazine. So I have to, so I'll just, instead of refilling, I switch my gun, start firing with the other gun. That's empty. I press Y, switch back to my other gun, and it's already full. I don't, and I just keep doing that. And I just, so I'm just switching guns. That's a perk you have to have then. Yeah, That's it's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. it's. So having that with these hand cannons, it's insane because like the hand cannons do have a lot of takedown on them. So yeah. you're you're de- taking the, you're shooting these people and it's like they're wait they're ready to take you out as soon as they think you're gonna reload and you just pop your other gun back up. And if you have these perks set up to where they're like a fast like if you have one gun where it's fast readying, I mean there's certain ways you can do this where if you get the right perks, you're almost unstoppable. And I mean just. The game, the storyline, the campaign didn't take that long to do. It took me about two days. 
okay. for, for time that I had for playing. What? How many hours is that uh, for the DLC? I don't know. I, I don't know. Probably because I, I I took it took me longer than what it usually if I was just to run at it. So it's like four to six hours maybe. I'd probably say about ten hours. If oh you do, really? Do, oh, for the ten, DLC, ten, ten, ten okay. hours. If you if you do like if you have if you're trying to level up before you go through the whole stuff because you can try to complete if you have a friend help you you can complete the story really quick, but the, with the recommended light level and stuff, and I was a lower light level going into it, I had excuse me, I had to level myself up, and I actually leveled up to fifty before I completed. The, I like to do that too. I like to go a little bit above what they say to do. And so, so let me just ask you a couple questions about it, since okay. uh, we're doing uh, running long game chat uh, game chat here. So, how was the K six scenes for you, and how did they hold up from what we saw in the original Forsaken trailer? Okay, so the game opens with the spoiler, guys. But you, it is spoiler, but spoiler. that's spoiled anyway. Yeah. If you don't have but, you played it, turn it off now. But so. Cade 6, we know, dies. And it starts off with that scene, him dead, being him say, doing his thing where he talks. And then, then it goes back and goes, earlier that day, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, really? It pulls that on yeah. you? It pulls that on you. Because Cade 6 is both me and yours' favorite. Yeah, character. he's like everybody's favorite character. And the thing is, is if this, this story gives you some of the most Cade 6 epic moments ever, the dialogue from him. The dialogue yes. and the action. And yes. the action that goes on that you see in the interaction with him, with you. Yeah. Is phenomenal. And it just makes you so sad because you already start off knowing what's happening. And you're, it's like you're going through, it's like you're doing a death march. And you're just like, this really sucks because this was so cool. And you're like, this sucks. This is cool. This sucks. And you just keep going back and forth with that. And... He interacts differently with you depending on what class you play. So, like, I play... I, I used to play... My main was a Warlock, and then I switched over to Titan. Um, I'm a Warlock. And so, and so I hear... You hear different things, okay. you know, different comments that he goes... I've played through the mission five times now because I've helped other people get through Jeez. it. Jeez. The, the, the beginning mission. Well, I also... And, I, and it's funny because I would, I would play differently each time I played. Uh, and so I got different comments from, from Cade. And I'm like, oh, he said that. That's so cool. You know, things like that. But uh, the one of the things, and, and it, it just, it really hits you in the air, hits you below the belt because he's such a beloved character. And so you play through the mission and when you get to it, you hate Prince Soldier. You hate him. And it just, yeah, it, it's tough. It's difficult. I'm telling you, it's hard to lose a character like that because you love them so much. So are they actually, is K6 actually, well, I don't know how to ask this. Is K6 actually, I mean, Destiny 3 is going to happen at some point. Is K6 actually gone or, or how are you looking at it? Well, here's the thing. As of right now, K6 is dead. But we do know that the Traveler, or not the Traveler, the, yeah, the, the, the Stranger... We know that she is the sister of she's that put herself into an exo. She is the sister of Anna Braid. I believe that's the term, the name, right? And so she's one of the ones that created the ex. Her family is one of the ones that created the exos. We know that she's connected to that, and she's a time traveler. 
Anytime you have time travel, and and the Ve- and the Vex are time travel and everything, and we know that Cade got stuck in a loop. So going with the lore, technically, if I was to work with, say, one of the Guardians or one of the Guardians that's studying things with the Vex, I would think I in a future game or even a future DLC, I could step through. He could come through with a breakthrough and say, "Hey, I I found this loop, and Cade's there." And I could go, and we could go into this mission to save Cade in that loop, and bring him back, and bring Cade back. That that's the thing is in Destiny, and if you have any game that has, that deals with time travel, nobody's dead for good. Yeah, I know that, but I was just curious if they're actually as of hurt. right now he's dead. As of right now he's dead. So for right now, well, I don't know. We'll see what the next DLC brings us. But so for right now, for Destiny Two, Cade Six is no more. Now no, and. So another question for you is that you said Forsaken has pulled you back into D2 and fixed the game. Now, at this point, you said you beat it five times. Is Forsaken enough to hold you into D2? Well, I beat the first mission five times. Gotcha. I have not beaten the whole, the whole story. And yeah, right now, because they're changed, each week changes up new. They have different challenges to do now. It's they got They brought back dailies. That was the thing about... Because when they had so many guns and so many loot drops and so many different type of uh, type of trying to trying to get your god tier guns, right? Yeah, you would come into the game every day and at least play a couple hours to do your dailies. You'd want to do your dailies so that you could get that experience and get those and have a chance at those exotics. Exotics are hard as hell to get now. I have not got one. Jeez, they are really hard to get now, which is a good thing because it keeps you grinding for those things, right? I, I think they should be more. I think this should be rare. I think yeah. this should be hard to get. Yeah. Because then it th- so, th- has you always something bringing you back to say, God, I got to get that gun, man. Yeah. And yeah. just there's certain armor, uh, armor, you know, like I said, it's just, it's the getting the right roles for you. Now you want to have multiple roles. Like you might like a look of an outfit and you want that look, but you might want a different role for a different activity in the game, like a different type of PVP or a different type of go, you know, you're P- going against PVE. So, it's got that grind up to get gear that works better for each scenario you're going in. Gambit, oh my god, Gambit is an amazing amazing game type where you're going in, you're going against PvE, which makes it feel like you're playing the Prison of Elders, but at the same time, you get these moments where you jump in and one Guardian goes into the other side as a Taken and goes and fights the other team. And I've pissed off the other team quite a few times where I've been able to jump through and I kept my super for them. I didn't use my super on my, my end guy. I'd go in there and they're <laughs> all trying to take out the guy because it gets really, really sweaty because you'll be playing and then you'll got the you got your your prime evil and then their prime evil's up. And you'll see if you kill guardians as as an invader, that heals their prime evil. Okay. So if I go over there and I kill all four, their primal has now got full life. No matter if they were down to the lowest setting, they now got full life back. I would go over there with my super and get them all bunched up, and then I'd kill them all. And then do a little dance. And then try to kill another one if I could. And so, I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, the game is really, like, if you have a team that's really working well together, and you got another team that's working really well together, the game mode is so sweaty, but it's so freaking fun. Like, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it, it is competitive Destiny, I feel like, almost at its finest, because this is a competitive mode where players who maybe not are not so keen on the PvP aspect, but want to compete, 
this is their game mode because you get one you, what you do is you find one guy that's like oh well maybe I like PvP a little bit and you send that guy over you're like okay you're my you're my you're my guy you go over and fight the other guardians and we'll take on everything else and then you get to be competitive so it's a lot of fun there is a lot of stuff that's coming with it this the annual pass now is season so uh the biggest thing that's going to come that's going to be different with these other passes or with these other things are going to these content drops right they're not going to focus so much on they're putting the team to focus on content, so places, new game modes, things like that, and they're going to cut down on the cutscenes. So you'll get more audio scenes during the gameplay than you're going to get cutscenes, because cutscenes, cutscenes development takes a lot of the team to work on those things, get those things as crisp and stuff as they are. I don't think that we need the cutscenes per se to be able to draw the storyline. If you're going to give us more content to play. Give us more content. And that's something that's really cool with the annual pass. So I'm glad I got the annual pass. And I'm looking forward to this year's of Destiny. Uh, it definitely will stay in my rotation. Though it's going to have to contend with a lot of heavy hitters this year. A lot of heavy hitters. So that's kind of my take on Destiny 2 at the moment. It's going to continue to grow because I I do love the game. And I'm back with it. Right now though, something that I'm not so sure I'm in love with is the fact that I want to jump us into trailer talk for a second. The trailer talk is more about our movie rating. Now, when I went to see, we went to see the movies, I just went and saw uh, the, uh, I went and saw The Nun. And The Nun, I, you, you know me in horror movies, I love this, I love the, the stuff that follows the Wilsons and stuff. The Nun, uh, people who are rating, you know, uh, people are going into it and their critics and stuff aren't rating it good. I'm going to tell you, man, this movie was awesome. The theater was packed. The theater was screaming at the jump scares. A personal friend of mine who is a reviewer said that when he was reviewing it, they actually had to stop. They had to stop the review and come back the next day because one guy, they all laughed at this guy because they they looked over at the guy and they all know him because they're all a bunch of critics. They look at this one critic and he grabs his chest at the first jump scare. The second major jump scare of the movie, he actually had a full-blown heart attack. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. So then I go to the movie, and I see this, and I'm waiting for this, and I'm sitting, I'm like, shit, okay, I get it. Yep, that, okay, all right, I get it. Yeah, The Nun is producing so many different memes and YouTube prank videos now of, of producing that nun that that what does come from the yeah. movie in, like, a dark room or something like that. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. James Wan is excellent when it comes to the horror genre, and him doing the, doing the Wilson's universe of stuff that this family has taken it into a movie context, taking from the stories from the actual couple who, who experiences these things. It's pretty crazy because this is a prequel. This is the backstory of, of one of the, one of the characters. Obviously you'll be able to tell when you see it. I'm going to let you go, let people see it first. Yeah. But, uh, the factor of just how well they pin, they, they picked out the young actress to represent her older form. Uh, good job phenomenal phenomenal you couldn't have done any better than what you did awesome love the movie but what we're talking about right now was i saw the preview again for venom and i was like yes venom venom yes be rated r no venom is now rated they say this is how they're saying it's rated a hard a hard pg-13 there's no hard pg-13s there's Mm. i mean we both like a player ready one that's a PG thirteen yeah. movie. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine for Ray Player Ready One. It's 
do we want is this movie made for all types of ages to go see this movie do we want 13 to 18 year olds to be go see this movie where does pg-13 stop at 17 is it 17 now so do we want 13 year olds the 17 year olds to be go to see venom yes we do they, they should yeah. be able to go see venom it's a superhero thing do would i care if my 14 year old went and saw a rated r venom probably not no. Would I care if it was a rated R something else? Yeah, probably. Like <laughs> yeah, I would. There's more sexual content in that, which I'm yeah. completely uncomfortable with my kids. But Venom for the violence, and if that's what they're if that's what they're going to rate R for the violence and maybe some language, they get that everywhere now. I'm not so yeah. uncomfortable with that with my 14 year old, almost 15 year old. Um, if my 11 year old, yeah, I wouldn't take him to go see it. Yeah. So the PG 13 does hurt me a little bit on this movie, but there's also other things in the trailer that worry me a lot more. Oh, yeah. Than oh, the yeah, PG 13 rating. Definitely. So I'm all holding out hope. Obviously, me and you are going to go see it in the theaters because we love Venom, but. Oh, yeah. <sighs> we'll see. What I buddy. like. Yeah. I, I still. I still feel like I'm going to love the film because the factor is, is that Tom Hardy is doing Tom Hardy because Tom Hardy plays two parts. Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy, man. Yeah, because he actually recorded his Venom, yeah. his Venom voice first, so that he could hear it, so he could talk to himself, so he could act off of it. That that's like that's some like inner inner dialogue shit. On like, he's a great craziness. actor. I mean, we see him is. in Peaky Blinders. We've seen him in Taboo. We've seen him. I mean, the guy can is such a versatile actor. When I heard Tom Hardy is taking on this role of Venom, I was okay with that. I mean, that's. That's the best part of the of the idea of it is that Tom Hardy is Venom. Um, yeah, because now, do you think that PG thirteen? Do you think the PG thirteen rating is so that Sony can eventually take Venom and put him in with Spider Man? It has to be, man. But Spider Man is now part of the Marvel MCU universe. Is Venom gonna be part of the MCU too, or are they gonna share a different Spider Man and inside that Venom universe, and then Tom Holland's in the MCU Miles universe? Miles Morales. Okay, hmm. all right. I, I'm all in for Miles Morales to show up so anywhere. So am I, so am I, so am I. Yeah, so if that's the way it's going to take, fine. But I want Miles Morales to be in the MCU. Yeah, same here. So jumping off of off of that, that's just kind of our little rant there on Venom. Like, we, we're excited about we're it. Excited, but we're excited, but we're... we're, we're, we're like the, the, the it's this this is the thing I'm I'm a little cautious at it right now. We're worried. Same way same way I was cautious about Predator, but I am no longer cautious. It is out in theaters. Critics aren't liking it, but the fan base, from what I've read, the fans that are like in my communities that follow Predator and Alien and love it as much as I do, said that this is return to form for Predator, and I'm excited for that. I'm gonna be going and seeing it. It'll be on next week's podcast. I will see it next week. Uh, look at Aaron Durant's posting on it. Um, Aaron Durant does a podcast called Geek in the City down here in Portland, Oregon. Look at his posting about Predator and why Predator is just fine. It is okay. Yeah. Now, Predator is also getting some backlash at the same time, right before it came out with Olivia Munn, and the fact that Shane Blackhead might have hired somebody that he sh probably shouldn't have put in the movie, um, somebody that has some type of criminal background, and that upset Olivia Munn and maybe some of the other actors, and it was getting some of that Me Too movement behind it. I'm not saying that's why critics would have given it a bad review, but it was getting some bad press right before it came out. Yeah. But... I'm excited to go see it. I, yeah, I, so am I, I man. It's, yeah. it's like it looks. I mean, I, I I'm gonna go see it, and then I'm my when my dad gets back from vacation, hunting. he says that I have to I have to go down and yeah, I know hunting. <laughs> when I when I go down, I have to go see it with him. I told him you better watch it. The predator's coming to get you. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely if you guys want, I'll definitely come with you guys. Okay, I would love to go see it with you guys. 
Alright, so that's so right now we're gonna talk rumors because this is the DC universe. Like the D like we never know what's going on with this so we got we got two movies that are coming out that look like they're gonna be pretty good. Yes. Uh with the Aquaman. Aquaman, you know, looks yep. like it's gonna be great. And of course Wonder Woman nineteen eighty. Yeah, also, the Shazam trailer was great, too. Yeah, the Shazam, yeah, the Shazam yeah. trailer. However, Shazam... Is the middle of this was, controversy. Was it, was it Yeah, because... So, yeah, so Shazam's in the middle of this thing where it's not part of the DCU, yet they were trying to put something into it, which was they were going to have a Superman cameo in it, which would bring it into He's the, the linchpin. He is yeah. the Iron Man or the S.H.I.E.L.D. Samuel L. Jackson the, the, the get all these movies to have some type of connection to it. But I was I read, Damien, that no matter what, Shazam's gonna have a Superman cameo. Okay, that's that's awesome. Then that's that's cool. that's big news because if 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 the reporting is correct, then that means we could have who knows as Superman. Exactly because Henry Cavill. It was a bunch of news that this has happened over the last two days. Actually, the yes. last two days have been a world whirlwind of controversy within the superman role henry henry cavell says he's out as superman or he doesn't say there's been many many rumors from very reputable sites that say that henry cavell is now after long discussion walked out of out of negotiations uh, negotiations and was well that was rough basically and and the negotiations were just tied around the shazam cameo because the shazam cameo was also at the same time of the shooting as we know Henry Cavill's going to play The Witcher in the Netflix series. And we yes. know he can grow facial hair because of the mustache, so he's going to be a great Witcher. I'm excited for that, you know. But that was all it was. It was just, it was because of these two things. There were scheduling conflicts. And it's the same thing with Mission Impossible and Justice, and Justice League. Scheduling conflicts. The guy's a busy actor. I mean, you know, and he was great in Mission Impossible. He's good. I believe he's going to be great in Witcher. So... Uh, work around the guy because he's a great Superman. He is. He really. He to me. He uh, lip be, be damned. He's he is Superman. When I see Superman, I think of Henry Cavill now. Now, but the thing is, is that there there was also rumors with this of it, that they are that the that this is also reason why that they're having these issues is because uh, Warner Brothers is looking at doing a they call it like a soft reboot yeah. of the DCU. Now, soft reboot. This is what I think. If, if when I think soft reboot, I think they're waiting to see how Aquaman does, and if Aquaman does good, then Aquaman will stay will stay in. I think they don't want to get rid of Gal Gadot number one, Jason yeah. Momoa number two, and I'm skipping the kid that's playing the name of the Flash. I'm um, skipping the actor's name, unfortunately. But the Flash movie also that's coming out, and that's going to yeah. be part of the Flashpoint series. Yeah, I don't think they want to get rid of that. But the two biggest heroes in the DC universe is the two biggest conflicts, and that is Batman and Superman. Who is going to play these people? And then you need them for the linchpin to make this work. And they and they the thing- rushed out, you know, they rushed out Justice League. And I didn't mind Ben Affleck. I'm not. I'm actually an apologist for DC for, uh, Batman versus Superman. Uh, but Justice League Justice League was not good for me. I just I've watched it three or four times, and I same here. Same I here. find very little to grab onto besides the outside of the scenes with the Flash and Gal Gadot. I really do, and I think Jason Momoa is actually one of the better people in Justice yeah, League. Th- yeah, yeah, so do I. Like I, like yeah, Jason Momoa's Aquaman just Jason Momoa's Aquaman kind of reminds me of Wolverine, and I, and because of that, I see because of how energetic he is in the role. 
I feel like he's a linchpin. I feel like he, I, I feel like of all the characters, of all the characters to be a linchpin, I feel crazy enough. I feel like Wonder Woman and him are the linchpins. Well, he is a king. He, true. <laughs> uh, also, in the trailer, just a side note here, the the cinematographic in the Aquaman trailer on the underwater fighting and stuff like that looks amazing. So it does, I'm and it went away. You that. and I, you and I were so worried about that about yeah. them going the route of this all the green screen stuff. And it is a lot of it's green screen because it's underwater, but it looks good. It's like they got a different company. Like they finally listened. Uh, you're correct on that. It looks really well. It looks like they hired somebody that knows what they're doing because it, so far we'll see when we see the movie. There might this might be just the best cutscenes of the underwater stuff and put into a trailer. Yeah. So the rumors behind Superman is that they're looking to cast someone who we want to be a Green Lantern. Well, we want him to play. Yeah, part of the we Green Lantern corps. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they're looking at. They're, there's talks right now from Warner Brothers about wanting to cast Michael B. Jordan as Superman, and that would be Superman from. Uh, Earth 24, correct? Yeah, it'd be the parallel universe, Superman, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm okay with, but then the parallel... Then everything is the parallel universe, though, you know? and Unless they do a crossover. This is the way yeah. that they could do it. If they have Henry Cavell go out, like something happens to his Superman, and he gets war- he gets sucked into a time warp or something like that, and then that brings out this, that's a way that we could cross the universes together. I guess you could find a way for... In the universe of the crossover, and just the one character, Superman, be into this universe. I mean, I guess you can make that work. I, I like Michael B. Jordan. Uh, I, I don't want him as Superman, though, because I think he's the best part of that. I think he has to be in the Green Lantern movie. I know he's playing Killmonger, and he's fantastic at that, and I believe he's going to be back in Black Panther 2 because we're not really sure if he's dead or not. So I like all the fact of anything Michael B. Jordan being. I'm talking, honey. Okay. Go, go see mama, okay? Go see mama, honey. Daddy's almost done. I'll be out in a minute, okay? Okay, shut the door, please. Go see mama. He's mad at me now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, anyways, I think uh, we want Michael B. Jordan to play uh, John Stewart. And Tom yes. Cruise to be the Hal Jordan. And Tom Cruise bring up Michael B. Jordan. I love this scenario. We've talked about this before. I want this Green Lantern Corps movie to work. And I want it to work with the correct actors. And I think yes. Michael B. Jordan's that. I think since we saw the IG post of Henry Cavill playing the music. He's wearing the Kryptonian uh, weightlifting shirt. He brings <laughs> up his own action figure. Then lowers it back down again. In context, it could be taken as lowering the action figure back down as meaning that he is done being Superman. But I don't really know. His agent did come out and say that nothing is defined. The relationship between DC and Warner Brothers is just fine. Nobody has hurt feelings here. And nothing's really set in stone. So I really don't know what to believe, man. That's the thing is you really don't. We know that we know that DC's next super thing that they're going with is they're going to go with Supergirl. And it'll be prior to her because it will be prior between the time that between she got caught in the time warp that allowed their ages to come closer together because she'll be much older than him at first. So Henry Cavell, Superman will be a baby. In, Why can't they have a, Supergirl to show up in, in Shazam and be like, oh yeah, my cousin Superman. Yeah, I'll, I'll introduce you later or something like that. That would be perfect. You that, know, would that, would be, that would then work Henry too. Then Henry Cavill could do the movie and, and then it all works exactly, out. Yeah. yeah. But, but not, I mean, we don't know that. It could happen because that could be the segue into... Let's get the prequel to how she showed up here. Yeah. Because yeah. because at the time, 
it takes place on you know it takes place Kryptonian. She's, yeah yeah so she's a it's going to take place there and then in the end of that movie she'll probably get sucked into the time warp which will have her the age gap close between her and superman but the other rumor right now and this goes into saying that it looks like they're trying to target a younger crew for the DC universe is that they are Warner Brothers is rounding Kit Harrington to be the next suitor for the Dark Knight. And part of me is like, you know what? There's that there's that Batman next and all that stuff, you know, where they had the younger Batman and then they had the older Bruce Wayne. I kind of would I kind of could see it, but I just don't <sighs> yeah. know. Like we don't know what he we don't even know what Kit Harrington looks like with a haircut and you know yet. There's also rumors out there that John Hamm wants to play the Dark Knight, and I love me some John Hamm, but I just don't think so. He's, back he's, away he's, from my Dark Knight, John Hamm. Yeah, yeah John Hamm, of, I like him, but yeah. he's like, I mean, let's put it this way: we know we know stories about John Hamm on <laughs> on you know Mad Men and stuff like that. We don't need a, a Batman suit that's got like a a junk a, a junk print. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Yeah, now, so again, I didn't think Ben Affleck was that bad. Um, no, I, but Ben Affleck has some personal stuff going on in his life. We've talked about this before. He probably needs to step away from this character because we want this character to work again. And so we need somebody to take, you know, on the gal and we need him to put on the uh, on the two little horns and the cape and we need him to take us for the next 5 years at least, man. Yeah. So I don't and, know if Kit Harrington's a guy. I think Harrington Kit Harrington's kind of a shorter guy. I think he's like five foot seven or something like that. Well, Bat- oh, so so there's Kid Harrington. Kid Harrington's our next Wolverine, guys. We got it. We yeah, know it. I, Batman's a tall, tall, muscular, broad shoulder character. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, have you not seen Pompeii? <laughs> Kid Harrington can get ripped. Okay, let's just say. <laughs> I'm it, all just right? saying he's not a very big guy. That's all I'm saying. He's not a very big guy, but this is called cinematography. Come on, <laughs> yeah, now. that's true. They that's make true. Arnold Schwarzenegger look like a giant. Well, how short is Penguin going to be if Kit Harrington's five foot seven? Easy. Him... Warwick Davis can play Penguin. Who? Warwick Davis. Willow. Or Peter Dinklage. Or Peter <laughs> Dinklage. Yeah, there you go. Peter Dinklage will be Penguin. <laughs> All right. So hopping off that, you know, yeah, we're, we're looking at it's looking like Warner Bros. is trying to do a younger reboot of the DC universe. Being the fact that I am no longer a younger, a younger individual. I just had my 37th birthday. Um, Happy birthday. I kind of don't. I, yeah, thank you. I, I kind of don't want to have a younger. A younger DC. I want my age DC heroes at least. Dude, I'm 36. Everybody that's in charge at my job is younger than me now. It's rough, man. It's it rough, really dude. is. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. So we're going to jump out of this into show recaps. Castle Rock, I have heard nothing but good things about. I got an access to start watching it, so I'm going to start watching it. I know that this is in typical King faction. T- uh, fashion, not faction. Talking too much about Destiny. Uh, that it ties in it's a series but it ties in movies and other things it's, from the past. it's not just movies it's all of stephen king's work it there's ties in everywhere and actually you will miss them so i've actually had to watch four different youtube videos to slow it down for me and say oh no this person is part of this book oh no they dug up this guy at this grave that's the connection there stuff that i don't know i've not read everything of stephen king now we're going to go more into this, but since we have the PacWest stuff and we're running a little long here, I say we just shelf Castle Rock and talk about okay. it next week. But Let's for any Stephen King fans out there, watch the series on Hulu, and then next Friday we will talk about it. All right. So now we're into the main event, guys. PacWest 2018. I didn't go 
all four days this year. I didn't go as media. However, I got in and got to talk to people as media still. One of the nice things about going is once you start making connections, you figure out how to traverse the territory. And that badge really doesn't mean a whole lot when you're there and you want to interview someone. They're down. Unless you're one of the uh, unless you're one of the people of Ninjala that you anger with your questions. Uh, they walked away twice. Uh, but uh, so PAX West, it was interesting. So at some ways it felt bigger. Now this is the problem with only going one day because the way the event works is that they, they break it up into times during the day. The main show floor closes at around six or seven. And then they have other things that go on like after hours. stuff. So they have concerts and stuff like that that go on. And I, I didn't get a chance to stay around for that. Uh, next year, next year is the goal to sit and experience the whole thing and actually go to some of the after parties Absolutely, I got invited yeah. to, things like that. But uh, I got went there on Friday. I went on opening day, and first thing I noticed is like Fortnite had the Fortnite went from being a, a, a decent sized booth last year to this year it had it rented the hotel across the way and had the whole space there where if you went over there, you got a foam pickaxe and you got to play in the tournaments. They had a one, they had a tournament here that you could sign up for. And if you got into it and stuff like that, I think the winnings were like 1.5 mil for the top winner of the tournament. It yeah, was insane. That's, that's insane. Uh, um, if you look yeah. at the people that are Twitch streaming right now for yeah. Fortnite, like Ninja and stuff like that, they're making $400,000 a month. Yeah. I mean, the money is out there for that game for esports. Yeah, and so they had a big esports showing. This year, what I noticed, though, is certain certain groups were, were that I was expecting and hoping to see were actually vacant, and that's because the show floor had to, had to kind of change a bit because now what you're getting is, 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 you know, and this is the thing that network television is facing, why they're having to go to streaming services and stuff, is because they're facing... The factor that more people are finding entertainment in watching streamers play games, their esports and stuff like that. It's becoming a bit much bigger thing in the United States. Esports is starting to get that kind of following. It's not there yet as it is over in Asia, but it's not, yeah. it, but but they're pushing. The companies are pushing for this to happen. Companies like Mixer, which is Microsoft, okay. Had a huge showing, had their booth there, had a great, great amount of their content creators that I follow were there. Got to bump into them. Twitch, of course, had their showing. There's all, all the streaming platforms had their own platform and do, were doing live shows and live interviews the entire thing. And so it was cool because you could stand around and you could watch and you could actually get inter- brought into these shows that they were doing. Nice. But the factor is, is that that took away, that took booth space away or premium, you know, or made the boost space a higher premium that some of these other companies that I've that I've liked in the past seeing over the past four years I've gone were not there. They chose to bow out this year. And it's odd because they were at present at like PAX South and at PAX East, but those shows aren't as big yet as PAX West. And for whatever reason they backed out of PAX West. And you know, that was that was kind of rough for me. I, I wanted to see these companies. I made a lot of good contacts with some people. I got uh, I talked with uh, Meta, you know, I've talked a few years in a row now. Meta's now really big in the esports scene, and I got their card, and they're willing to produce as long as we order like fit. We have to set up like fifteen orders, so we'd have to get fifteen jerseys uh, as an order. They would do a custom setup for us. I don't know how much that's going to cost, but it's something that they're willing to talk to me about. And I liked that. It. it was cool. I'll take a geek college radio basketball jersey or football jersey. Well, it's a it's a esports jersey. What they do. 
That's okay, but is it in the is it in the the traditional style of a NFL jersey or a style? Uh, no, it's a style. You no, know, it's it's got it's a style of uh, it's a style of an esport jersey, which is a kind of a style. It's more like a hockey, more like a, a, a soccer jersey. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I can do yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like that. Yeah, cool, so man. yeah. Uh, so I talked to him about that. Uh, there's a few things that have to change with that. Our logo has to change a certain way. It has to be done up in a in a. Our, our logo would have to evolve to a esports style logo, which is more flat based. But our guy who did the logo, he does that. So just got to hit him up and get into his queue. He is good. Con, we are talking about you. <laughs> so key things that I got to go here. Nintendo had a big show. Nintendo was interested. So Nintendo had their games that they were showing. And then the comp- the other games that represented for Nintendo were all over the place. Um, I got to go over and see Smash Brothers being played. And hearing the joy and the screams of that on the big screen was great. I can't wait, Oh, my man. God. Yeah. Um, Smash. So, yeah, Smash Brothers. Oh, my God. I, I can't say enough good things about that. Mario Party. I got a chance to play. Mario Party's got some really fun, inter- interesting games coming out with it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Mario Party. I really am. I think that that's going to be a fun, fun game. Get your family together. Play it. You know, whatnot. We're going to have to get the family together, the kids and everybody to play. Mario Party's cool. I'm yeah. with it. So... One game that I got to play with Nintendo, uh, they had little tournaments going on. It was called Ninjala. And I was so excited when I saw this because I'm like, oh my god, you know I love Splatoon 2. Yep. I see this and I'm like, damn, the animation, everything looks like a melee version of Splatoon 2. Now, instead of an ink pack on the back, you got these gumballs. And you shoot your gumball and your gum forms into different various beating weapons that are like blunted swords. They almost look like the gladiator sticks from that show, the gladiator. Remember the, the yeah, oh yeah. And you stand on the two little things and you try to knock yep. each other. And off. so when you can, you can actually. So the game plays interesting. So they say they have a battle royale mode. Their battle royale mode is it's a play on words. It should not be battle royale. It's eight players. So that's just a versus mode. It's an eight players free for all, <laughs> but they call it battle royale. Oh my god! So I played the battle royale of Ninjala, which was fun. You know, it was four. Battle royale has to be at least fifty people, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> so. Played that, and it was good. Now, everybody was versus everybody. They, you know, I, I sat there and I go, okay, so the controllers are like Splatoon, right? So I was talking to the PR. I, my, my handler was the PR rep for the company. So she was cool with me. She was cool with me. The developer wasn't afterwards. Uh, the main developer. The So, uh, but the, the she was cool. She's like, oh my God, you know what? Ah, you just go. You just go. She's like trying to try it because they have each person has a handler. I'm playing against my son, too. I forgot that, you know, my son was there with me, playing against him. Yeah, there'll be some talk about that. So, we're playing the game. I kept blowing up my balloon to the biggest sword I could get. So, I it was slow, but I would hit and just do these roundhouse attacks and take everybody down. Everybody else is too focused. And, like, I knew to go get the, the, the extra bonus scores and stuff like that. Because it's like, I play Splatoon 2. I know these basic game modes. So I know what this is. I'm like, look at this. Like, this is Melee Splatoon 2. It's cool. You blow up a balloon. If you blow up a balloon, you can run on the wall. So if you're trying to escape someone because you maybe just got the king cap because you got a little bit of a higher score on somebody, uh, which was player two, which was my son. Um, uh, The PR rep, she's sitting there yelling, come on, player two, get back here, get back here. Because I kept kicking everybody's butt. And then he would come steal it from me and run away like a little brat. Um. So I'm chasing him down. I don't know that it's him. I don't know he's player two. Okay. So we're running back and forth. In the end of the game, you get your bonus multipliers and everything. Him and I wind up being first and second. 
through the, our little tournament we played. So you got these giant balloons that look like you get one, one of the versions of the bat that you walk around with. It looks like a very phallic object. So everybody's thinking you're walking around with a giant blown up dildo at the PAX event, which was funny because only, only the first and second player get that. I got it. He wasn't going to wear the shirt. The first player gets shirt. So because he won, he, he goes here, I'll, here's your birthday present. So he gave me the shirt. So I got, I got a shoot from Ninjala. The thing about Ninjala, I asked, I got the chance to talk with, with a, a very limited English. So they had a translator kind of sit by. Uh, I asked where they got the idea for the game. Cause I go, I go, where did you get the idea for the game? The game really feels like a melee version of Splatoon 2. That was ding, ding, ding. Oh no, 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 no. Walks away. <laughs> he did not like that, huh? No, did not like that. Comes back, comes back. Talks so he doesn't him. want anything referenced to Splatoon the 2. Splatoon 2, game. and I don't his know. His game yeah, I, was uh, a, a, a separate idea, had nothing to do with Splatoon 2. But the the eye makeup on the characters look I like, watched the look, trailer, look, look, man. Yeah, yeah, like everything First thing looks, I said to you before you said anything to me, I go, it looks like Splatoon 2. Yeah, it's, it's everything about it. They have their own companies that they created in the game that represent different type of weapons and stuff like that, different type of gumballs. Let's just say this, though. Najala, though, they're little kids, right? They're little kids. It's and and the Splatoon 2, they're little squids, The right? squidlings. The yeah. squidlings yeah. are octolings. Yeah. Uh, so it goes back and forth on those. But honestly, I sat there and I told him, I go, look, I go, you made a mistake in what I said. Oh, this game looks like it's going to grant the, the fans of Splatoon 2 something to jump onto because that game is coming up. We don't know if we're going to get any more content for it, if they're going to announce another Splatoon. So this is something a lot of us that are players of this game are looking for something to continue that thirst, to continue this. This is a melee version that looks at that. That's completely different. We don't have melee in that game, really. I mean, you do kind of, but you don't. Yeah. And so I'm like, this would scratch that itch. I go, how's the customization? And then all of a sudden, it's because like, you pick your characters. You don't get to create your character. You get to pick characters. I was asking, you know, customization of different colored outfits, things like that. Uh, again, I sped Splatoon. As soon as I said Splatoon, no, no, no. I don't know what he said. It was not very nice. He walks <laughs> away. So then I talked to, the, I talked to one of the uh, uh, English-speaking devs team members that was there. And he, he's talked to me about it. He said, yeah, he goes, the game is... Is, has draw similarities from Splatoon, and they are hoping to draw in the crowd from Splatoon into this. Now, see, I, they should asked, accept that and just run with it. Exactly, because yeah. that's the whole thing. Is that's what you're gonna get. You're gonna the crowd that's gonna be interested in this game is the crowd that is interested in Splatoon too. That's how it's gonna work out with this. It's gonna be you your got, Nintendo fans, your Splatoon fans, just run with it, man. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly kind of the thing that I was saying. I was like, you need to just be able to run with this kind of thing. You can't. You need to t- accept it for what it is because a lot of people are going to love it. Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to hold on to people though and grasp their attention though because of some of the other aspects of it. So there's 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 a lot of questions involved in this, and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, but for the initial playtest, I I liked it. Uh, my son Noah liked it, and so that's the thing is you have a multi-generational gap that found enjoyment in the game. And he's never picked up a Switch controller and he beat me. And <laughs> the thing is, what was funny is we were going against, the team we were going, the other people that we were going against was a website that focused, that, that were like, oh man, what console do you normally play on? And they asked, they asked uh, no one, he goes, oh, usually Xbox. He goes, oh, we're going to kick your butt. Or they said, you know, something else. They go, what do you what do you play on, old man? I'm like, oh, really? I go, I play on, I go, I pl- I, I go play mostly on Xbox. I go, I got a Switch though. And, I play Splatoon. They're like, no, we're going to beat you. We smeared those guys. <laughs> we smeared them to the ground. 
they did not know what hit him. And afterwards, so that's kind of looking because they wanted that balloon. I love the overconfident people. I know it was great. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so that that's kind of how what happened with that. Uh, next up, I left. I left there. It was great. It was just, their booth was awesome. It was colorful. Uh, I talked to the guys over at Dark Horse, working on setting something up with that for us. Go over and talk with them. So talked with them. Had a good conversation with them. Uh, next thing I went up, I went up to the indie floor, and uh, I got to talk to the guys who. There's a guy that. It's, it's a two-person team, and they were really behind. They worked for Nintendo. They were behind a lot of the other nin- nindies that came out, like, uh, 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 well, Salt and Sanctuary is their game that they first put out. And this game, Salt and Sanctuary, it's, uh, God. Basically, if you played, uh, it's it, it's a Metrovania-style game. It's by Lead Man, and this is his own studio. Guy I'm talking about. Guy's really freaking awesome. His name is Dan, and it's uh, is Dan Adelman. So this is one of the things. This is actually on the Nintendo site or Nintendo Soup. They talk about the they talk about the game because the game's gonna be. It's already been out for a while. So it came out August eighth, and you can download it digitally, or there's a physical edition coming out that's called the Drowned Tome Edition, which is going to have the soundtrack of the original game. And it's going to have, it's going to come out, it's going to have a lot of the other DLC stuff to it, expanded world, a world map of the island that you're exploring. The game is a two-player game, side-scrolling action, but it's difficult. And it has that difficulty level of, like, Dead uh, dead Souls, is it Dead Souls? No. um, I'm not sure what you're referencing there. Dark Souls. It has a a, a game, yeah, so it has a difficulty level of Dark Souls. Now... Both my son and I played it. I played it on handheld mode, which was beautiful. My son played it on docked mode, which was great. The game play feels great. It's This is not a game you play in front of kids. It is gory as all heck, but it's in an animated style. And you can it's really cool because you can actually totally create your character. You can you can create yourself into the game in its own own way. And you can kick pick if you're a wizard or if you're just whatever you want. It's very similar to Dark Souls, but it's a lot of fun. Talking with Dan. He has a love for nostalgia. And one of the things I got to talk to him about, I talked to him while my son was playing this game and after I got done with my play session, is I told him, I went up, the first thing I did was I shook his hand because I played I played his game. I played this one and then I played Chasm. There's another game I'm going to talk about after this one. And both games are Metrovania style and are great. They're so great. They're so beautiful. So I played with him. I shook his hand. I tell him, I go, thank you. I go, my son is playing this game. And what's crazy about it is, is that for their generation, this, what's, what is retro and what is nostalgic for us to play, us older gamers, is new to these gamers. Yeah, they're looking so, at this like a new, new style. Thing. I've never seen this before. Yeah, my kids, uh, my youngest loves these type of indie games, which... When we were growing up, these weren't indie games. These were our AAA games. Exactly. These exactly. are the games that we grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. So talking with him, it was kind of crazy because he's like, yeah, he goes, oh, he goes, he goes, your son must, is like, he, your assistant, is this stuff? He thought that my son, he thought that Noah, because Noah's taller than me. He thought Noah was in his 20s. I go, no, he's, he's actually just about to turn 16. He goes, oh, my daughter's at that age. And his daughters were working the booth. And so now all of a sudden his daughters go over talking to my son. It was kind of cool. You know, we just had this kind of moment. He goes, yeah, he goes, 
I make these games so that my kids, you know, so my kids can see what I grew up on. And it, it's like, I go, yeah, I go, this is like, this is like history. I go, thank you. I go, what I thanked him for is I go, you, by make, creating games like this, you're expanding on the mythos and everything that is our past of games. Yep. That is honestly feels like a myth and legend to the kids when we talk about how this stuff affected us. And they're not letting it die. It's not just like exactly. Super Nintendo Classic or SEN Classic that we get now from Nintendo for 60 bucks. And it's like, oh, look at these old games we used to play. This is something new that we still want to play, but it gives you that feeling of what we had when we were kids. Exactly. And, and so I can't say it enough. Games, uh, he's worked, he, so he worked on Chasm. And so Chasm was there for you to try out. Um, and he, what he did is prior, he was, he worked for, with Nintendo of America, helping out all the indie developers. And so he was kind of, uh, he, he was, he was working in that department and that's the thing. So now he's branched out. He's creating his own games himself. Salt and Sanctuary is available right now. You can get it on the marketplace for about seven, 17 bucks for the DLC or for the, for the digital. Physical edition comes out October 30th, comes with a ton of content. I strongly, strongly recommend the music in this game is amazing, by the way, guys. And you get, if you purchase that, the the actual version that comes out, you get a download for the whole soundtrack. The game's two players. It is immense amounts of fun. We may actually be, I have Dan Adelman's card. He either is going to come on to our show or he'll be coming on to, uh, onto nintendo powercast with n64 josh i talked to him and i told him i go i really want you on our show but i do know that i want also you to get as much publicity as you can and so i'm trying to work something out to where maybe with where we can come on with it with the n64 josh and do like a crossover show kind of thing yeah yeah with uh, dan adelman and it was just this is what i like about packs my favorite floors at the packs or at packs or any game in game thing that I go to is talking with the indie developers because you actually get boots on the ground with the people who created the games, and they're always so energetic to talk to you about their creation. This is like last year when you talked about mutant uh, mutant league football. How exactly. how energetic that guy uh, he was. I can't I'm skipping his name now, but uh, yeah, that's really cool to be up and close with the developers of the game and something they make and they actually really care about. They put a lot of effort and you know into these things. And it shows when you talk to them. Yeah, and that was that was my biggest. And the thing about Salt and Sanctuary, guys, if you're wondering about what is the game's rated, Steam, it gets rated nine out of ten. IGN rated it an eight point six out of ten. Metacritic gave it an eighty two percent. Google users give it a ninety seven percent. This game is awesome. So I'm telling you guys, I'm going to pick up the physical copy. It's the only reason I'm holding out, and I haven't picked it up yet. It might be the new game that I get for the Switch. Yeah, I mean, you can't... Man, I'm just saying, you can't go wrong with it. Now, Chasm, which is kind of crazy. Now, I love Destructoid. I've always liked them. I've always found them to be a really good site for for reviews and other things. Uh, Chasm, this is a quote from them. And it's a, one of the best quotes ever, and I can't agree with this more. Chasm is the Metroidvania I've been waiting for. Love, Chasm is available... I love that. I love that. Chasm is available right now on Steam, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation Vita. I played it on the PlayStation 4, and what's great about this game is it's, you know, you go through and you play Castlevania, you beat it and stuff like that, and you want to go back and you play through it and you do speed runs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, Chasm, you go back and play it, 
you only your hub areas are the things that stay the same. The levels are procedurally generated, so they change. So each playthrough is going to be a different experience for you. That's incredible, man. That's that's makes I I love that aspect. And you were telling me earlier it's like Diablo, which I never played Diablo, so I don't think I've ever really experienced the game that gave that to me. So this is just what well, I'm going to run off the features on this game. Mm-hmm. This is another game that Dan Adelman had a had a strong background, you know, working with the developers and stuff on. So it says explore six massive areas procedurally assembled from handcrafted rooms. So basically, what happens is is that they have a they create a bunch of handcrafted rooms. And those are like blocks, like Lego blocks, basically. And then each, when you explore these areas, they move those around. And so you, though you might have seen that same block in a, one playthrough, it'll be in a different place your second playthrough. Things like that. So you'll you you'll have to you would never really play the same game ever again. Enjoy challenging retro, challenging retro gameplay and authentic pixel art, three eighty four by two eighty six or two sixteen native res. And it looks great, guys. I'm telling you, it looks great. Even on a big screen, it looks great. I played it on a big screen. And that comes sometimes with these games. You're kind of like, eh, it felt good. You battle massive bosses and discover new abilities to reach previously inaccessible areas. That in itself makes it a side-scrolling Zelda, basically. And that's But that's also the Metrovania thing of it. Yep. But you, you have to find items that allow you to go backtrack and go into these other areas. Customize your character by equipping armor, weapons, and spells. It's available now for PlayStation 4, Vita, and PC. It's coming to Switch. I want this on Switch so bad. Like, this game felt so good. It made my wild mouth water for wanting to have that nostalgia feel. And that's what... This is the type of game you get and you just, you're just you going on a road trip or something like that and you just play in your car and you can just have a blast. Sounds like two to... really good ports for the Switch. Or actually three. You've talked about three games that are coming to the Switch. This is That's what the Switch is for, though, is these perfect games like this. Uh, this is something definitely that I'm gonna have to pick up and play on the Switch. And like you said, you go to the hospital, you gotta take your kid to the, you know, the ballet or whatever you do, dance recital, and you have something to play there. Yeah, Salt Salt and Sanctuary Drown Tome Edition is the one that's coming out for is what's coming out October 30th. With that, you get Salt and Sanctuary in a physical cartridge for the for the Switch. Download code of the original sound soundtrack in Bandcamp. Two-sided poster including a hand-drawn map of the world of Salt and Sanctuary and a 20-page manual. It's kind of funny that they put in there that you get a 20-page manual. But the thing is, that's really cool because how often do we talk about opening up a new game and missing that smell of the manual? That was something you do. You really actually, a lot of gamers would talk about it. You smelled the manual. I agree with you, but I just shook my head forgetting that this is a podcast. <laughs> so... The thing is, is I'm telling you guys, check that game out. If you don't want the physical and you don't want to wait, download it right now. The game is phenomenal. You will not regret it. I promise you that. Hey, Damien. Yeah. I, I have to get I have to get going on to work. Do you want to do Division Two next week too, man? Yeah. So guys, we're gonna go. We're gonna cut it off. Pax West and stuff like that. We will continue with the Pax West talk next week on with the Division Two. And right now, uh, you can reach us. At geekologistradio.com. You can reach us from find us on ninjapancake.com. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us Geekologist Radio minus a T for character restrictions. You can find me at Mr. Damian Nash, all one word. And Nick, where can we find you? You can find me at Nick and PDX, all one word on Twitter. Now, the Discord, I just want to bring this up for two seconds here. I was asked earlier, I didn't put the show, I didn't put the link in the Discord for last week's show. 
and or uh the show that i did for like a little 30 minute show and it was from a buddy of mine from across the pond over in the uk and i told him look man i'll give it to you but it's dead it's a graveyard in there and i meant that in the nicest way that all the things we talk about it's really hard to get a discord up and started i would love to get that started so we have some discourse off the show with fans of different things like tvs movies marvel dc we could really make this Discord something special if we broke down each section and people can come in there and maybe they don't like you know, Marvel characters or maybe they're just in there for video games or Destiny Talk or whatever. So I would like to promote the Discord and get people in there, man. Yeah, that's the same thing with us. We Discord, we want to talk to you. If Facebook's your thing, we are on Facebook and we reply very quickly on Facebook. Yep. And so, hit us up on Twitter too. I mean, just yeah, man. just definitely. You hit us up wherever you're comfortable with hitting us up on. And uh, for that, guys, this episode this week is out. <laughs>